Welcome to Top 100 Fairy Tales. Your pets, your kids, and you should listen to The Story of the Merchant and the Genius. An Arabic Fairy Tale. Recording by No Prosta and Kalyan Prosta. Sir, there was once upon a time a merchant who possessed the great wealth in land and merchandise as well as in ready money. He was obliged from time to time to take journeys to arrange his affairs. One day, having to go a long way from home, he mounted his horse, taking with him a small wallet in which he put a few biscuits and dates, because he had to pass through the desert where no food was to be got. He arrived without any mishap, and having finished his business, set out on his return. On the first day of his journey, the heat of the sun being very great, he turned out of his road to rest under some trees. He found at the foot of a large walnut tree a fountain of a clear and running water. He dismounted, fastened his horse to a branch of the tree, and sat by the fountain, after having taken from his wallet some of his dates and biscuits. When he had finished this frugal meal, he was washed his face and hands in the fountain. When he was thus employed, he saw an enormous genius with white rage, coming towards him with a scimitar in his hand. Arise, he cried in a terrible voice, and let me kill you as you have killed my son. As he uttered these words, he gave a frightful yell. The merchant, quite as much terrified at the hideous face of the monster as at his words, answered him tremblingly. Alas, good sir! What can I have done to you to deserve death? I shall kill you, repeated the genius. As you have killed my son. But, said the merchant, how can I have killed your, your son? I don't know him, and I have never have seen him. When you arrived here, did you not sit down on the ground? asked the genius. And did you not take some dates from your belt and wheatly eating them? Did not you throw the stones about? Yes, said the merchant. I certainly did so. Then, said the genius, I tell you, you have killed my son for wheatly here were throwing about the stones. My son passed by. And no one then struck him in the eye and killed him, so I shall kill you. Oh, sir, forgive me, cried the merchant. I will have been no mercy on you, answered the genius. But I killed your son quite innately, so I implore you to spare my life. No, said the genius, I shall kill you as you killed my son. And so saying, he seized the merchant by the arm, threw him on the ground, and lifted his saber to cut off his head. The merchant, protesting his innocence, bewailed his wife and children, and tried pitifully to avert his fate. The genius, with his free scimitar, waited till he had finished, but was not in the late least touched. Shahrazade, at this point, seeing that it was a day, and knowing that the sultan always rose very early to attend the council, stopped speaking. Undead sister, said Dinarzade, this uh, is a wonderful story. The rest, 
is still more wonderful, replied Shahrazad, and you would say no so if the Sultan would allow me to live another day, and would give me leave to tell you to the next night. Shahriar, who had been listening to Shahrazad with pleasure, said to himself, I, I will wait till tomorrow. I can always ha have her killed when I have cured here the end of your story. At this time, the Grand Vizier was in a terrible state of anxiety, but he was much delighted when he saw the Sultan enter the council chamber without giving the terrible command that he was expecting. The next morning, before the day broke, Dinarzade said to her sister, Dear sister, if you are awake, I pray you to go on with your story. The Sultan did not wait for Shahrazad to ask his leave. Finish, said he. The story of the genius and the merchant, I'm curious to hear the end. So Shahrazad went on with the story. This happened every morning. The Sultan had told the story, and the Sultan let her live to finish it. When the merchant saw that the genius was determined to cut off his head, he said, One word more, I entreat you, grant me a little delight, just a short time to go home and bid my wife and children for a will and make my will when I have done this, I will come back here and you shall kill me. But, said the genius, if I grant you the delay, you ask, I'm afraid that you will not come back. I will give I give you my word of honor, answered the merchant, that I will come back without fail. How long do you require? asked the genius. I ask you for a year's grace, replied the merchant. I promise you that tomorrow, twelfth month, I will show waiting on the truth. This trees to give myself up to you. On this, on this, the genius left him near the fountain and disappeared. The merchant, having recovered from his fright, mounted his horse and went on his road. When he arrived home, his wife and children received him with the greatest joy. But instead of embracing them, he began to weep so bitterly that they soon guessed that something terrible was the matter. Tell us, I pray you, said his wife, what has happened? Alas, answered her husband, I have only a year to live. Then he told them what he had passed between him and the genius, and how he had given his word to return at the end of a year to be killed. When they heard this sad news, they were in despair and wept much. The next day the merchant began to settle his affairs, and first off, all to pay his debts. He gave presents to his friends and large alms to the poor. He set his slaves at liberty and provided for his wife and children. The year soon passed away and he was obliged to depart. When he tried to say goodbye, he was quite overcome with grief and was difficult to tore himself away. At length he reached the place where he had first seen the genius on the very day that he had appointed. He dismounted and sat down at the edge of the fountain, where he awaited the genius in terrible suspense. Whilst he was thus waiting, an old man leading a hint come, came towards him. They greeted one another, and then the tall old man said to him, "'My I ask, brother, 
that warned it this desert play, place where there are so many evil getting about. To see these beautiful trees on Walt imagine I was unable, but it's a dangerous place to stop longing. The merchant told the old man why he was obliged to come here. He listened in an astonishment. This is a most marvelous fire. I shall like to be a witness of your interview with his genius. So saying, he sat down by the merchant. While they were talking, like old man came up, followed by two black dogs. He greeted them and asked what they were doing in this place. The old man who was leading the hint told him the adventure of the merchant and the genius. The second old man had no sooner heard the story than he could to decide to stay to see what would happen. He sat down by the others and was talking when a third old man arrived. He asked why the merchant who was with them looked so sad. They told him the story and he also resolved to see what would pass between the genius and the merchant, so waited with the rest. They soon saw in the distance a thick smoke like a cloud of dust. This smoke came near and near, and then all at once it vanished, and they saw the genius, who without speaking to them, approached the merchant, sword in hand, and taking him by the arm, said, Get up and let me kill you as you killed my son. The merchant and the three old men began to weep and groan. Then the old man, leading the hand, threw himself at the monster's feet and said, O prince of the genie, I beg of you to stay your fury and to listen to me. I am going to tell you my story and that of the hand I have with me. And if you find it more marvelous than that of the merchant whom you are about to kill, I hope that you will do away with the third part of this punishment. The genius considered some time and then he said, very well, I agree to this. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, leave a like. If you learned something, share in your comments. Please also share the story with your friends and parents and kids. Thank you.